Welcome to the party, pal. The Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Okay, streaming live across the world uh, on uh, your favorite uh, internet platform at MichaelDukesShow.com and also uh, around the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator. It is The Michael Dukes Show. Hi, how are you? It's Monday. (laughs) Oh man, it is Monday and what a day, my friends. What a weekend. Crazy, crazy stuff going on uh, around the uh, uh, <laughs> around the world here and around the, uh, well, around everywhere right now. Uh, welcome to it. Uh, happy Monday to you. And uh, I know it's going to be a great one for you. I'm speaking that into existence for you. It is going to be a great day for you today. I just, I just know it in my heart of hearts. It's going to be a good day for all of us today. Uh, and I want to uh, I want to share that with you. So this morning uh, we got some headlines, and uh, I got uh, I don't have any guests. Uh, I was going to get uh, I've got Kelly Shibaka. She's going to be coming up on uh, Wednesday. We're going to have Kelly Shibaka on the program uh, in hour one, and uh, we're going to be uh, we're going to be talking with her uh, about that uh, on Wednesday in the first hour. And then uh, we've got uh, State Senator Mike Schauer coming up uh, after that. Uh, tomorrow, of course, Brad Keithley, Chris Story. Thursday, we're working on some new ones. We might see if we can get Jesse Bjorkman uh, on the uh, program since he has now been uh, announced that he is running for uh, the Senate seat in the previous district. I guess it was O. Is it K now? I can't even remember. It's Senate District. It's the Machiki's district. Uh, he is uh, running for that seat. Uh, right now, uh, and we've already had Tuckerman Babcock on, so let's uh, we'll probably get uh, Jesse on maybe on Thursday. We're working on that. Still trying to get uh, JKT on Jonathan Christ Tompkins to talk about the fiscal policy working group, and uh, we've got a lot of got a lot of stuff going on here, man. There's a lot of stuff happening. Um, all right, so that's going to be kind of uh, the direction we're going this morning. We're going to hit uh, headlines, talk about some things, and then we're going to open up the phone lines and take your phone calls. Now, I'm going to do that here just a little bit later because uh, if I open up the phone lines early, then I just I never get to the stories that I want to get to. Not that I, I mean, I love talking to you, don't get me wrong, but there are certain things that I definitely want to talk about today that... Uh, well, let's let's just say I, I definitely want to get to some of these things before we uh, before we go too far uh, on this and and form. So let's get this out of the way first because you know how we're always talking with Willie and Willie's always telling me uh, uh, you know uh, that uh, he's talking about the Oscars and stuff and I'm like I could care less about the Oscars. 
Um, and I guess I still wouldn't have cared to watch the whole thing because I just find it, uh, I, I find it, you know, that it, it is a, a party of self-gratification. They're all up there, you know, slapping each other on the back and everything. Uh, well, I mean, great. They're, you know, artists doing their artist thing, but at the same time, I just, anyway, I've never really liked the Oscars. Well, so I got a text message last night and it was late. It was, it was late for me, uh, from Willie who said, uh, well, he said, uh, uh, so this would have been almost 1130 midnight on the East Coast. He says, you should have watched the Oscars. <laughs> Will Smith Will Smith punched Chris Rock o- uh, out over a joke about his wife. Um, and it turns out it wasn't quite a punch. It was more of a slap. But uh, at first people thought it was a joke. I don't know if you saw this. I had to go out and, of course, immediately pull the video down to see what was going on. And this this really has nothing to do with anything other than the fact that I find I find it interesting uh, because uh, Chris Rock made some kind of joke about um, Jada Smith, Jada Pinkett Smith, who is of course Will Smith's wife. She has has alopecia, which is a um, which is a disease uh, a condition that causes you to lose your hair. Uh, your hair thins out and. And so she has been going. Um, she she showed up bald. She she'd just shaved her head all the way off because, you know, at that point it's like I told my wife. I said if I ever start to go bald, I'm just going to shave it all down, just go full on Jean Luc Picard, you know, uh, with nothing but just the stubble around the edge. Um, but this is apparently what Jada did. And then Chris Rock made some kind of joke about, uh, you know, about her hair and how G.I. Jane 2 should be coming out shortly with her or something. And the joke just faltered. It just, it fell on its face. Because again, this this is not something she chose. This is not like a fashion statement where she chose to go all, you know, Susan Powder on her head and shave her head intentionally or whatever. Uh, this was, a, you know, because she has a medical condition. Uh, anyway, the joke really fell flat. And um, after all of a sudden, Will Smith stalks up out of the audience and just smacks the crap out of Chris Rock and walks back to his seat. And people thought it was a joke. Um, they thought it was a joke at first until Chris Rock said something to him. And uh, and uh, Will Smith uh, repeated a couple times that, uh, you know, you keep your wife's keep my wife's name out of your blankety blank mouth. And uh, I mean, it was. It was shocking. It was, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, go, Will. I mean, you know, usually people like they got to take that jab and they got to do and 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 Will's like, um, yeah. <laughs> I just, <laughs> my wife's like, I was with him up until he started talking trash about don't put your wife, my wife's name in your mouth, yada yada. And I'm like, I, I just thought it was amazing. I just thought, you know, it has nothing to do with politics. It has nothing to do with anything else. And no, I'm not going to be watching the Oscars again anytime soon, hoping for a repeat of that because it, I mean, it just, it does, just doesn't matter at that point. But uh, yeah, bam. Uh, but, uh, you know, that, that, that was, uh, it was, it was, Pretty amazing to watch. You can check that out on YouTube if you want. It is, uh, it's 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 pretty amazing. Um, and and I I got to be honest. Uh, I have a little. I have a, I have a little uh, a bit more respect for. Not that I was de- disrespectful of Will Smith, but I felt like, wow, they that was pretty amazing. Somebody in the chat room said you shouldn't even give this a story any attention. There are actors. 
I I mean, that's fine. But I mean, this story just can't. All I can think of is, wow, that's um, you know, uh, it's just not something you see. I I um, I guess I thoroughly enjoyed the uh, I thoroughly enjoyed the spectacle of it. But I also enjoyed the fact that here's a man that was willing to basically march up on stage in front of God and everybody and defend his wife. And I thought that was, I, I thought that that was that was pretty baller. That's just me personally. It's just me personally. Uh, so anyway, it, it, it and I'm sure it will make a fantastic, I mean, the interwebs are going to love it, you know. Uh, so there you go. That was like one of the stories that I had to get to today because, wow, <laughs> wow. The other one's a little closer to home. I don't know if you, uh, I don't know if you saw what happened, if you've been paying attention, what happened in Palmer over the end of last week. Um, late last week, the Palmer Chamber of Commerce put out a press release and decided that they were going to ditch the um, community festival that they've been put on putting on there for well over eighty years. Uh, since 1936, that was the first time they started putting on this community festival every summer called Colony Days. And it has taken place every year since 1936, with the exception of 2020 because it was canceled due to COVID. But other, every other year, it's, it's, it is a huge deal. And I've participated. I've been a volunteer in Colony Days. I've helped, uh, I've helped to do the events and everything else. And it is a big thing. I mean, it is something that the people of Palmer really love and really um are are invested into as a community so but they put out this press release last week uh at the end of the week that basically said oh we've decided um we're going to change the name of colony days because well apparently last year the the chamber um the chamber uh, uh, president elected the chamber at that point had made some kind of comment during the opening uh, the opening of the colony days last year and acknowledged that the white settlers in the area are an issue for some people and the name colony days doesn't make everyone feel good and that the land is unceded territory of the Atna Athabascan people and just a lot of stuff that was going on. Well, the chamber, the Palmer Chamber of Commerce in um, basically all up to themselves decided that they were going to change the name of the colony days to the braided river festival which uh i just i don't even what braided and they there was some kind of i read the press release and first of all they didn't say why they were changing the name other than you know join your own conclusion uh, but they went on to talk about this Braided River Festival, and then they were saying Braided Rivers or this or that. I mean, it just it made no sense, this generic Braided River Festival. Um, and they decided by unanimous vote of the board that this is what they're going to do, and they're going to move forward. Oh, my God, the community lost their mind. Uh, I mean, first and foremost, I was like, as somebody who's participated and volunteered for Colony Days in the past, I was like, well, that's a bunch of pouchois. I mean that that is that is uh that is crazy. Uh yet at the same time I wasn't the only one. The business community in uh downtown Palmer they um went off to varying degrees of of 
angst and anger. Uh, Whimsy, uh, which is a gift store in downtown Palmer, a cute little gift store there, basically said the the rebranding struck a deep chord. As business owners and chamber members, the news we heard today was a punch in the gut. We completely understand why the community is so upset over this decision by the chamber board. We found out the chamber secretly and unilaterally made this decision at the same time the community learned about it. And goes on to talk about, you know, the backlash of this is that basically many people were saying, well, we're just not going to, we're going to boycott the chamber members. Here's the newsflash. Chamber members themselves didn't know anything about it. This was a decision by the board. It was never discussed with the chamber members themselves, the people who fund the organization. And there were several businesses in downtown and separate businesses, businesses that, you know, Palmer's got kind of that mix of, you know, left and right, you know, what you would feel like would be left and right. And they had a variety of businesses down there from, you know, uh, you know, even up to one of the coffee shops there, which is a pretty, you know, more, I would say, probably leans more towards the blue than the red. Even they were outraged. And it got so bad that the uh, that the Palmer Ale House announced that they were actually putting a stop payment. They had just submitted their their uh, their chamber dues again, and they were putting a stop payment on the check. It got nasty. Uh, people were outraged. In just, I mean, Whimsy's post on Facebook got shared like two hundred times. Had over three hundred and fifty reactions. Uh, another one from another boutique down the street had, uh, you know, like another three or four hundred. Uh, responses, almost all of them negative. Uh, and the Peak Boutique uh, owner was basically saying, look, you, you know, the social media is calling for a boycott of our businesses. The chamber has little regard for the potential devastating economic outcomes of this decision. And, uh, uh, I mean, people were like, no, nope, I'm pulling my chamber membership. I'm, I'm pulling, I mean, it was a disaster. Now, the worst part about this whole thing is that the chamber had expected some backlash. And uh, they were fixing to put some money into this. And we're going to talk about that here in just a second. But we're up against the break. So I'm going to come back to this because this to me is the tone deafness of people who are so convinced that what they're doing is right is so shocking. And uh, we're going to we're going to get you to the conclusion of this. But it is crazy stuff. What's going on? Uh, All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back when we return more on this issue out there in Palmer. And the conclusion of it, hint, sneak peek, it's got a happy ending. We'll uh, find out more about that here in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show continues. You're home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these uh, entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Uh, Hi, how are you guys? How are you? Do you heard the birdie? How you guys doing? Are you guys uh, ready for another uh, great day? I'm just trying to figure out why this is not running right. Okay, I'm trying to fix it. Um, hi, how are you? Wow. Um, 
going back through some of the comments here. Let me uh, let me scroll backwards here. There we go. Uh, let's see. Um, better story. Blake Sheldon made a statement about six kids killed in a car accident in his hometown. I didn't. Uh, I didn't. Uh, I didn't uh, see that part. Uh, you need to get Lieutenant Governor Meyer on to tell Alaskans why he is sending out an absentee ballot to every registered voter. We've had that conversation. Check out HB 203 being heard at the State uh, Senate uh, State Affairs Committee today. The liberals want guns locked in our homes. It's an asinine bill. It will go to judiciary next. It's a violation of the Second Amendment. Uh, I'll take a look at that. If they, is that the Garantar's bill, the one that had the mandatory locking or whatever it was? Good luck with that. Um, all right. Uh, going backwards here, coming down. Alaska handing over. I'm scrolling over to the story here from the Gateway Pundit. Alaska's hands over election to corrupt Democrats. Upcoming election will have mail-in ballots and no signature check. Yep. Uh, controlled by Obama or someone running a White House or major lawmaker seems all the way to the top in Alaska being probably blackmailed, coerced, bribed, and threatened to force the state to go under the control, selling it out, uh, letting us get rid of it all, inviting humanity from all over the world, probably a long-term plan by a foreign control. Uh, um, I mean, I don't know, Herman. Uh, there's a lot, there's a lot of, lot of stuff to unpack there. The same people who cry about toxic man- masculinity are cheering Will Smith for defending his woman but can't define what a woman is. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, well, what happened there? Let me come back here. I lost some of the, I lost some of the comments here. Um, let me see. Uh, good morning. Good morning. I often first check to see who has sponsored each stupid legislation. That tells me a lot. Yes. Um, Let's see. Can we please have some sunshine, says Rick. I'm all for the sunshine. Bill says, happy anniversary to me and my missus. It's our anniversary of our first day of meeting. That was this weekend. We met on uh, the last last weekend of March. We met uh, 32 years ago. 32 years ago. Um, All right. Tar is one of the many sponsors. Okay. All right. We're all up to speed on this. And uh, good morning, good morning, good morning. Thank you for coming on board, Bill and Chuck and Christine and Terry and everybody. Happy netting day. (laughs) She, She often says she remembers the first words she ever heard me speak when she walked by me in a we, I was working at a store at that point, um, and my boss was there, and she walked by, and as she walked by, all she heard me say is, who is that? <laughs> yes, who is that? First words for a husband to speak about his wife. Who is that? Hubba hubba. All right, um... I'm a dog. What can I say? That's 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 how I am. All right, we're going to jump into this. Kevin McCabe just said HB 203 is Adam Wool's bill. I guess I'm going to have to go out and read this. I thought this was the bill that Tar had put out earlier. I have not heard about HB 203, but I'll go take a look at it. 
Uh, all right, uh, jumping back into it. We're 20 seconds out. Please like and share this video. Like and follow the show page. If you're on YouTube, hit the subscribe button and ring the bell, and uh, we will. Uh, you'll get notifications when we go live. You guys ready to jump back into this? Let's do it. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Okay, uh, welcome back to the program. Uh, The Michael Duke Show continues. It's Monday. Headlines, headlines. Who's got your headlines? That would be me. We were just talking about this whole blow up at the Palmer Chamber of Commerce. Uh, So they decided that they were going to uh, change the name of the big Colony Day Festival. Uh, Colony Days was now going to be the Braided River Festival. And the the Christmas time, which was usually Colony Christmas, was now going to be Hometown Holidays, which sounds like it could basically be from anywhere, right? I mean... So the long and the short of it is, I mean, people were outraged. The most interesting thing about this is that the Palmer Chamber knew that this was going to have some pushback on it. I just don't think that they understood how much pushback we were talking about. They had already budgeted $10,000 for outreach to assuage the community's fears. They'd already put all this together. They had $10,000. They were ready. They were they were going to put this in and they were going to talk about this and do all this. Uh, and then the world exploded for them. I mean, everybody was sounding off. It was all you heard. Of. I wasn't even on social media over the weekend, and I heard about it. And people were just irate. Then a change.org petition got started, and at one point, uh, by I think by Saturday night, it had over 6,000 signatures. I mean, the thing, it only announced it like the day before, day and a half before. Um, and uh, so anyway... This is all going on. And like I said, businesses canceling their memberships, uh, putting stop payments on their checks for memberships, the members themselves just being outraged and and chastising the chamber you know, publicly and everything else. And so finally, apparently late last night, um, or I guess uh, uh, yesterday morning, I guess, uh, sorry, yesterday morning, Sunday morning, four members of the Palmer uh, Chamber of Commerce board had quit they just they just threw up their hands and walked away and what was left of the board got together and was like whoa 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 and they had a unanimous decision to reverse the planned colony days rebrand and that was going to not move forward they said the board made an initial decision to rebrand the event based on assumptions that the feedback from a small segment of our membership was enough to make a decision internally well i guess it all depends on who you ask right And the fact that most of the chamber membership was not even aware that this was in the offing might make you think that maybe, just maybe, there were a few people in the chamber who had some kind of alternative agenda, question mark? Um, You know, that they were trying to go woke or, you know, you know what they say, go woke and go broke at this point. The virtue signaling is real. And the backlash was huge. I was so gratified by the backlash, quite honestly, because I thought it was just me. I thought I was just like, oh, that's nuts, man. That's just nutty. But no, it wasn't just me. It was 
Oh, man, were people hot. They were hot. And the board listened. I think because they had to. I mean, again, four members of the board resigned. And a bunch of businesses were basically saying, yeah, we're done. Ripping up their membership cards. So um, I guess uh, Colony Days is back. And so is the Colony Christmas. They're not going to change that name either. They've already said that's that's it right there. So anyway, that was an interesting story where, again, showing how working in your local communities, this is what I've been warning about for a long time, folks. I've been warning about this for a long time. If you quit paying attention to what's going on in your local hometown and you get so absorbed in geopolitics or national politics that you're just, you know, that's all you focus on, this is what happens. This right here is what happens. Um, all right, I, I've done enough. I've got, I, I still got some other stories that I want to get to, but I do have some phone calls. So let's uh, go to the phones. We'll open up the phone lines. The Pivotel call in lines at 433-3150, powered by our friends at Pivotel and Satellite West. Let's go over here to the phones and see what you have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, Michael. My name is Chris, and I live in Anchorage. Hey, Chris, what's on your mind? So speaking of things going on in local communities, um, this has been two years in a row that AWSA or the school board or um, a specifically, more specifically, Meg Zelotel has gone in and affected a local sports team. Now, I know your show has a broader reach than most um, in Alaska for, um, you know, just, just local communities. Right. Um, she being the school boarder, AWSA has decided now that this year Eagle River competed in an event locally, um, their team. They won. They were invited to the National High School Championships. There are no federal mandates. There are no mask mandates. There are no nothing in place currently. The school board or AWSA has taken it upon themselves to decide that these kids have to be vaccinated now to be able to go to this event or they can't go. This isn't the first year. This is the second year. Right. This year was Eagle River. Last year was Diamond High School. So you never know who's listening on your show. But the point being is that these people are not doctors. I am not an anti-vaxxer. I am not against vaccinations. I am not um, uh, one of the crazy COVID people. I mean, it is what it is. People are going to choose what they do. But now you're playing God and you're not a doctor you are not qualified to make this decision, and now you're taking things away from kids that could potentially be scholarships or furthering um, you know, their lives going forward. I agree. You know, I think that uh, you know, we, we're already seeing what's going on. Uh, children themselves are uh, the least likely demographic to be affected by COVID in a long and lasting way. Uh, we don't have mandates for masks or anything else. And to decide and deem that nobody can participate unless they're fully vaccinated again is uh, definitely not the inclusive thing that we want to see. <laughs> well, I, I just think you're, you're taking me. away kids' p- potential futures because right. these kids are very good at what they do. And, you know, this is a big deal. Um, and, and there's no mandates to where they're going, which I believe, is, again, is in Ohio this year. There's no mandates there for anything. And right. Meg Zelotel and her little crew of, of bandits have decided this on their own. It's, it's not it, a, a discussion. It's not a, 
a nothing. It, it is what it is, is what they're telling. Well, and explain to me, how is Zelotel exerting uh, influence on this? Because I'm not familiar enough with her positions on the – I mean, I know she's on the Assembly, and obviously she is uh, uh, very much the progressive, the, the pro-government progressive, but is she is she the representative to the uh, – to the what is that, the Alaska School Sports Association, or what is the ASSA? Uh, yeah, she has involvement with it. There's another woman, and I, I want to say her last name is the name Johnson, and she's the one I spoke to last year, and this happened with Diamond. She had told me that that it was decided Meg was a representative to the school board or to AWSA. I can't remember the exact relationship there, but she was the one that ultimately decided to the activities coordinator at Anchorage School District um, that these, those kids could not go last year. So I'm assuming it's the same pecking order this year. Hmm. Well, but, but we, we can't get them to respond to an email. You can't get ASSA to respond to an email? Correct, correct. So I'm, I'm going to the school district today. Yeah, no, I mean, if, they, if they're the ones that are deciding this and yet they are not responsive or explaining their situation or at least willing to talk to the parents about it, uh, I definitely think that the school board at this point and the and the district need to be involved in those kind of decisions, um, uh, or at least uh, 100%. yeah, have some kind of say in what's going on. Um, it is uh, it it is frustrating for sure. And, and it took last year for somebody to go to the to an assembly meeting and call or to a school board meeting and call the school board out, um, which Meg was was there in person, um, and she didn't really say anything but after the whole conversation at the school board with one particular parent um, and some of the kids over diamond testified they ultimately let them go right well good um maybe that's what it's going to take again another uh you know you have to come back out i mean this is again that slow quiet behind the scenes kind of insidious drip 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 of uh authoritarianism you know this is what they do they hope that people aren't paying attention and until you shine the light on it and get those kind of things reversed like you're talking about happened last year you know this is this is what we need to do i mean that's why we should never stop paying attention to what's going on in our uh uh going in on our uh, uh you know our our local elections and our local politics because that's the stuff that affects us most directly correct and uh, and then they listen i appreciate your time and i'll just say uh if, if anyone's listening in your show and they attend assembly meetings and you have an issue with this, please stand up and say something because it's it's twelve kids, twelve families that are affected by this, yeah. and uh, you know it, it could potentially be a big deal for some of these kids. So I appreciate your time. Thank you. All right, thank you for calling in, Chris. Thank you for being part of the program today. Uh, all right, uh, yeah, I mean, and I think if, as we look at this thing that happened in Palmer. You know, this is the blueprint, folks. This is the blueprint for getting more people involved and uh, and and making some changes in the legislature that we need to make. Now, unfortunately, this is not happening down in Sitka or Kodiak or someplace else like that, where you could grab that group of people and uh, you know and focus that righteous anger on something that you know would make a huge difference, like on their legislative choices. But this is an example of how a community coming together can thwart the will of, again, kind of some of these uh, authorities, powers that be, executives, whatever you want to call it. 
And uh, and I, I for one, am heartened by what happened down in Palmer. It's some pretty, pretty amazing stuff. So uh, anyway, good stories. It's being covered now by pretty much all the major news outlets, except for, I don't think the ADN's got a story on it. I know KTUU does and must read, uh, but nobody else seems to have a story on it right now. So anyway, go uh, you can go check it out and read about that over there. Also, of course, over the weekend, uh, big news down in the Anchorage area. They had a uh, they had a massive <clears throat> avalanche up off of uh, Highland Road in Eagle River, which uh, which made a, uh, uh, forced the evacuation of something like a hundred families. Uh, out of there. Uh, they do have the snow stabilized now and they're beginning the snow removal. People had to basically evacuate their homes over the weekend. And they're saying now it could take up to two weeks to uh, get um, two weeks to get uh, uh, everybody, everybody uh, un, un, unplowed and, and plowed into where they need to go down there. The snow on the road is like 45 or 50 feet deep uh, and it crosses several of the major roadways there. So uh, I'm I'm just glad that there was no loss of life. No structures were harmed. Uh, again, kind of surprising if you look at the pictures and you see that um, that it, it moved right past several of the larger homes there and uh, and stopped right at the edge of them. But you could see that it's covering roads again, 60 to 80 feet deep, um, and of course prompting power outages for many of those residents. The power apparently is back up to most of them now, and the area of the avalanche, the the um, um, the evacuation has been lifted, but it's going to take him some time to get in there and get it all squared away. Pretty amazing what can happen, uh, uh, what's going on in there. And of course, they're going to be watching for whether or not there's going to be more uh, uh, avalanche danger in there in the future as well. All right, uh, I'm coming up on the break. I've got two more lines on hold. We're going to take them here. Uh, We're going to get their information during the break. And when we come back, we'll continue with more headlines and some phone calls from you and more. So that's all coming up. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Make sure you come out and check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show. And... Of course, out on YouTube and on Twitch. And the podcasts are available every day after the show as well. You can find them uh, wherever you find great podcasts. CastBox, Stitcher, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and of course, Spotify. Oh, and they're also available on my website if you want to go read it there. Uh, All right, that's it. We'll be back with more. Don't go anywhere. Common Sense, Liberty Base, Free Thinking Radio. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. All right, we're in the break right now. Uh, Let's get, uh, we got one caller who held on, so let's get their name and where they're calling from. We'll get them set up for when we return to radio Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hi, Mike. Jeff from Homer. Okay, Jeff. Wide awake in the wind down here. You're wide awake Going in high. the wind? All right, good. Well, hold the line for me for a quick second. Uh, folks, I just realized that I left something. I have to go grab I have to go grab something real quick. Uh we're gonna uh, be don't don't go anywhere. Be right uh, be right back. Hold on.
Okay. That was quick. Whoops, wrong one. Here we go. All right. So, hello, Goro. What was Will, what was Will Smith thinking when he slapped Chris? Probably like, don't put my wife's wood in your mouth. Probably is what he was thinking. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. He just like he just like stalked up. I mean, walked up on stage in front of God and everybody and just slapped a piss out of that guy. Pretty impressive. All right, what do we got? They still pushing the POMV bill. Where is the full PFD? All the political newcomers promised. Good question. Um Yes, MROK must read Alaska is the news source for me. I don't read the ADN or watch KTU. I recommend you still read and watch all the different news outlets because somewhere in there, in the middle, you're going to find the truth, right? That's what I feel. I mean, I feel as we watch all that stuff, you're going to find the truth eventually. Uh, You're going to get, you know, because must reads, they've got their own political axe to grind just like everybody else. But somewhere between must read and ADN and KTUU, you're going to find the truth in there. So I read it all. I read it all. Uh, Reps McCaves will be heard in Community Regional Affairs tomorrow at 8. It is the gold and silver is legal tender bill. Maybe Kevin wants to call in. Uh, Kevin McCabe, if you're still on the air, if you want to call in about that bill, I haven't had any discussion about that bill. I haven't had, I didn't even see it. So if you want to feel like you want to call in later and discuss it, I'd love to, uh, um, I'd love to see what you have to say. Um, I used to try, but I can't take the regurgitation of propaganda talking about reading the various news outlets. Well, To each his own, Dwayne, to each his own. I will continue to read them all for you and try and decipher it as best I can. Jimmy's like, ooh, wow, $114 a barrel. Yeah, I mean, I guess some speculation that it could rise as high as 200 by summer. Uh, and, of course, everything is dependent on what goes on in Ukraine and what continues to happen there. Uh, although that whole thing, ooh, man, what a hot mess is going on over there right now. And things in Russia not getting any better. Uh, what's the headline on Drudge today? I'm sure it's the slap. What's the headline? I didn't even look at Drudge this morning. Um, yep. Slap. The, uh, the slap on stage was, uh, was a big, um, reading it all is good, says Gail. Believing it is a different story. That's it. I mean, that Gail's got it. You don't believe it. You just read it. So you know where, what everybody's thinking, you know, what all sides are thinking. Um, let's see. We got, uh, Russians plan to split Ukraine, um, stirs anxiety, blah, blah, blah. Ukrainians forced into slave labor, hostage taking threatens journalists, uh, more atomic weapon warnings. Yeah. I mean, may you live in interesting times. Um, Will Smith at first was laughing at the joke. It was not until he had seen the look on his wife's face before he did what he did. Not as noble as everybody thinks, says Gary. Okay. Um, <laughs> Dwayne says, reading all that stuff is like being at an RAI listening to people bitch about big oil while buying petroleum products because they're so great. 
That is true. I mean, there is some there is definitely some deep irony there, Dwayne. I would not disagree with you on that. All right, we're jumping back into it. Here we go. Like and share this video. Like and follow the show page. Subscribe, ring the bell on YouTube. Hit follow on Twitch or whatever we do on Twitch. Here we go. All right, welcome back to the program. Continuing ahead, headlines and phone calls today. Some of my favorite days, quite honestly. Get to talk about all the hot stuff going on around out there. Got a couple lines open, a couple lines on hold. The number to call is the Pivotel call-in line at 907-433-3150-433-3150. Let's go back to the phones. Jeff is in Homer. He wanted to sound off this morning. Good morning, Jeff. Yeah, talking about the uh, the lady that wants these poor kids to take the vaccine. Number one, it's a non-tested vaccine. It's not a vaccine. Number two, the, the parents have clear custody of those kids, and there's nobody in that school system or in America that can tell them what to do with their own kids as far as I'm concerned. And where's our HIPAA laws, and where's all the laws that she's breaking? And, you know, she's like a, a cancel culture. We need to cancel these people. Fire them. Get rid of them. Get them off the board or, what, or whatever they're doing, whatever job they're doing, whatever her title is. I don't know. I didn't get that. But I can tell you for, for sure, I went through a divorce. My wife abandoned us, and I got kissed custody of my kids, and there was nobody, not even the IRS, could tell me what to do with my kids. <laughs> you know? Right. And uh, I raised them. They went to school. If they skipped school, they had to deal with me, not the school. The school would call, which they did that one time. thought it was funny, but I caught them. In, uh, but, they, you know, the whole deal is there are HIPAA laws, there are rules, there are regulations, and these people are, are, are running around un, untethered. You know, they're just doing whatever they want because they've well, got this position. I this can, I can, to stop. We need to make some rules in I, this country that they can't do that and make mission goals for these people, and this is what they do, and that's all they do. I mean, I could see the argument already, though, Jeff. I could see the argument of, oh, you're the parent. You have total you have total control over your child, but participating in these things is a privilege. It's not a right. And so you have to follow certain stipulations. Like, I mean, we, we tell them that they have to have a certain grade point average, so this is just like that is essentially what, the, what they're going to say. Yeah, I can already I, see the argument in there. I know, but you know where I go when they start hauling privileges to me, the warden service and the troopers and everybody else around? There are no privileges in the United States. There's freedoms, right? Get over yourself. Right. Find me where there's a privilege, and it says privilege anywhere in any law or any court. It's not a privilege to hunt and fish. It's a right. Lewis and Clark started this country going across it, finding the West with guns and hunting and fishing. All of our forefathers did. Everybody did. So get over it. America is a free country, people. And if you don't like it, go back to India or wherever you come from, Twitter, and get the heck out of America. And that's what we've got to start doing because it is ridiculous what they're saying and doing. This is a free country. The privilege is to work for the government and take care of me as a police officer and take care of me as a school teacher. And, and when I was in school, that's the way it was, and the teachers were very respected to the to the kids and the kids respect to the teachers but now you got this division because of it and it's crazy you know well i mean and, I, and, uh, I mean i 
look, I, I agree with it. I agree with the sentiment, Jeff. I mean, I, again, I think that the, the ASSA shouldn't uh, shouldn't be able to uh, uh, lay out those dictates for sure. Um, and I agree, we should have full control over what goes on with our kids. I mean, that's part of our that's part of our thing. Uh, but it's getting more and more like they want the village to raise the children instead of the parents, and uh, that's why you got to fight back again. And quite honestly, this is why I homeschooled all my kids because it's none of the village's damn business what I do with my kids. You know what I mean? Um, and so yep, I, I, I just uh, you know this is again this is why I never participated in that way because it was so frustrating. Yeah, well, I know teachers that got done early when COVID hit and yadded their kids right out of school and home homeschooled them. So, and they didn't talk about it, but they knew what was going on, and they, they just they didn't talk about it because they couldn't freaking believe it. You know, I mean, it was it was amazing what 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 they were doing in in this whole cancel culture thing. You know, uh, we we need to start taking care of that. You know, and there are laws on the books. It's just that nobody's sitting up paying attention to fight it. And, and the facts are, you have custody of your kids, and if they're going to go overseas or anywhere else, you get their passport. If they want a vaccine or you want a vaccine, that's fine. You know what I mean? Right. But as far as no, somebody sh- in some position that has no authority over any of that stuff, probably not a medical person or even a doctor or any kind of degree, telling everybody they got to take an untested untested i gotta say it again vaccine they call vaccine it's not a vaccine you can't even call it a vaccine so you know but you can't sue a hospital you can't sue pfizer you can't sue this person you can't sue that they're all protected because they're all tied to the damn government and the cancel culture you know right so we need to get our lawsuits back there i hate to say that i don't like lawsuits but you know sue the daylights out of them Well, that was that's part of the challenge of the whole emergency authorization, of course, is that it indemnifies everybody from being sued. So even if something does, you know, something uh, happens, if you take the vaccine and people have had everything from myocardia, myocarditis to uh, uh, arrhythmias to reproductive issues, there's been you know, there has been adverse reactions to all this. Even with all that, you can't sue anybody because they're all indemnified. And that's, again, part of the challenge that people have been pointing out with this. Jeff, thank you for your call. I appreciate it. Let's uh, continue ahead here. we got some more callers on the line over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Michael. It's Kevin McCabe. How are you? Hello, Representative McCabe. How are you, my friend? Oh, not too bad. Good. Um, you, I want to talk to you about this bill. I've only got about six minutes, so you want to uh, hold on or you want to call me back after the break and we can take a full segment and talk about it because I'd like to get the details on it. I'm sure I can call you back. That'd be fine. Or hold okay. on. It doesn't matter. Yeah, either way. Let me put you on hold then. If you're willing to hold, let me put you on hold. We're uh, we're about four and a half minutes away from the uh, end of the uh, this hour, and I don't want to rush it. I want to find out more. We're going to talk with Representative McCabe about HB 167, which is the gold and silver is legal tender bill that's going to be heard tomorrow in Community Regional Affairs at 8 a.m. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about that here uh, later on in the program. Um, all right, so hold the line with me. We got Kevin McCabe on the line, and we've got whoops, we've got uh, let me mark that here so that I know which one is Kevin. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, what else we got? Some other news going on. Oh, a new player has dropped into the race. I mentioned this earlier uh, that we're maybe we're going to try and get Jesse Bjorkman uh, on the program uh, later this week. He is filed for Senate 
down in the Kenai uh, for the Senate seat, which is now the K? No, it's D. For Senate seat D, which is previously Senate seat O, um, he's a friend of uh, Peter Michicki, but has put his name on the list at APOC and publicly stated he wants to give the Kenai Peninsula Borough someone else to vote for other than Tuckerman Babcock. And so we'll see uh, we'll see uh, how that goes. Uh, we've had Jesse on the program in the past um, and debated some stuff with him, so it should be an interesting take. Uh, Senate, uh, Senate President Machiki has not said whether he's going to stay in the race. He did file, uh, but he has not stated whether or not he is going to run again this year. So we'll see we'll see what happens with that. Um, but that's just another race again that is uh, getting more and more people involved. This is Senate seat D down on the Kenai Peninsula. And of course, a whole slew of names has now flown uh, around the uh, Senate or excuse me, the congressional seat formerly held by Congressman Don Young. Not only do we have Nick Baggage and uh, Democrat uh, Chris Constant, uh, now we looks like uh, Sarah Palin is thinking about it. Chris Tuck, the Anchorage Democratic rep, Native leader Tara Sweeney, uh, attorney and gardening writer Jeff Lowenfels uh, of the ADN, uh, Independent Al Gross, Josh Revac. Uh, I mean, there's a whole slew. Even Andrew Halcrow apparently has decided he wants to throw. I mean, there's just so much going on here. And they've all got until Friday to kind of make up their decisions here as to what they're going to do. Friday, April 1st, is the deadline uh, for filing on this. And uh, so it's going to be a true jungle. A jungle. It's a jungle primary out there, an absolute jungle. So uh, we'll go through some of the details on some of of these candidates. And, uh, yeah. Oh, by the way, L.V. Gray-Jackson. Uh, announced as well that she is no longer running for the U.S. Senate against uh, Kelly Shibaka and uh, Lisa Murkowski. She decided that after first quarter fundraising that she's going to just, how did they put it? Uh, she said uh, she said that as a first quarter fundraising concludes and after reflection on the system and expenses necessary to run a successful campaign, she's decided to focus efforts on work that could be done in the state Senate. And she basically is now uh, pulling back and retiring out of that campaign for U.S. Senate. She's going, which would again, which is one of the reasons why Tuck might be running because he is going to have to run against L.V. Gray Jackson with the redistricting. So I mean, wow! And somebody Matt just said in the chat room, he's hearing that both Cog Hill and Lauren Lehman may be considering running as a. This race is going to get crowded. It's gonna get crowded. So we'll see we'll see what happens with this. Uh, but we'll talk about more of that in hour two. Plus, we've got Kevin McCabe coming up here at the top. We're gonna talk about his new bill on gold and silver as legal tender. And we'll get the hot take on that as well. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Okay. Oh, man. Um, I see people talking about Jesse as a bad choice for the Kenai. 
I mean, I'm all about more choice. More choice is better than less choice. I would rather have more people running for that seat than less at this point. Uh, I definitely think Tuckerman's got the uh, the nudge there because he's got the name recognition. But uh, you know, I'm I'm willing to see it. I think Machiki is done. Quite honestly, that's my take on talking with people. I might be wrong. I may be totally wrong. I'd be the first to admit it. I have been wrong in the past, and I may be wrong now. But my feeling on it. If you ask me to lay $5 down on the table as to which direction I would go, I would say that he is uh, done at this point. Um, let's see. <laughs> Please tell Halcrow to stay home. And Matt says, can I like this 10 times? Well, you can try. You can like it, unlike it as much as you like it. Uh, as much as you like, as they say right there. Um, all right, let me go back here and see if there's anything else before we jump into it. I'm going to visit with Kevin McCabe here briefly before we come back on the air. Um, uh, decision day is approaching. Uh, la la la. Will Smith was first. Oh, I, I read that. Wow is right. Um, reading is all good for all. Yes. So this is all stuff that I've already covered. All right. Okay, well, we'll see what uh, happens then. Bring them all on. With with ranked choice voting, it'll be like putting everyone in the big blender. Turn it on, and what you pour out is what you get. Says Chuck. (laughs) It's like putting all the colors of the rainbow into a blender and putting the pulse button, and you know what you get out? You get gray out. That's what you get. Uh, But we'll see. I mean, there's a. I'll be honest. I've had an argument with a lot of libertarians about this whole ranked choice voting thing. And uh, they advocate that it is really that it is really a good thing that it allows uh, candidates who would never have a chance to get a chance to go out there. Maybe they're right. I don't know. Uh, we're going to see, though, aren't we? We're going to see where this all ends up uh, with the uh, jungle primary and then the ranked choice voting. We're going to see how that all turns on its head in the end. All right. Um, let me go over to Representative Kevin McCabe, who is in the chat room with us. Uh, excuse me, who's in the on the phone with us, and uh, we're getting ready to. Kevin, how are things going down there overall? I mean, outside of this bill that we're about to talk about, how how's everything else going? Well, the budget should be on the floor this morning for the first reading. Start taking the amendments. I think the amendment deadline is tomorrow sometime, and we'll start debating the amendments um, as they come up. Uh, tomorrow, probably most of the week in the House, uh, would be my guess. So um, it's uh, we're finally getting to the point where the minority has a bit of uh, say-so, or at least we get to talk a little bit more. So, right. Um, I, I think that's a good thing. I see that they've done some. Am- I see they've done some amazing things, including deciding to pay off the oil tax credits all at once to forward fund 1.2 billion dollars in education. Uh, and and file away money for all these various pet projects is pretty amazing because I mean last year's budget was 4.3 billion and the proposed budget that's heading to the house is about uh, seven billion dollars, which includes neither a permanent fund dividend or anything for the capital projects. That's just straight out operating. Here's what we're gonna do. It's amazing all of a sudden they've got money. they'll do all these things. Pretty frustrating, isn't it? Well, it's 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 insane, is what it is. We've been paying off the oil and gas tax credits 
uh, you know, every year, as we had acknowledged and as as we can via statute, we're paying the mandatory minimums every year via statute. And now we're going to take $532 million and instead of using it to pay back Alaskans to stimulate the economy and, and uh, you know, put it back in the in the hands of the of the private economy with the people. We're going to give it all to the oil companies all at once to just get it off the table. I, I thought it was interesting that Rasmussen always said the other reason she took it off the table was to uh, uh, was to putting it uh, basically put it out of reach of the PFD people, which I think speaks volume to me. Yeah, there's uh, there's all kinds of theories on on that and many other things, including the forward funding of education, theories on future savings for the state, uh, you know, paying off the oil tax credits, for instance, would is going to mean a savings next year and every year after that. So um, that's uh, that's one theory. I'm not sure that I agree with it. I, I think everybody continues to forget. And I, I, I say this, I, I ring this bell all the time and everybody forgets the power of uh, the multiplier of money, of private money, versus uh, uh, government money. So right. uh, even small businesses and the chambers tend to forget that the private money coming to them is, is huge. It would be huge for the state. It would be a huge economic shot, but people forget that. So. Right. Well, we've had Don Ardwin on to talk about that in the past, the multiplier effect of money in the economy. You know, in private hands, it turns six or seven times, and in the public hands, it turns less than one time. Um, which is saying something, but they all want to continue to hold this money close to the vest, either use it for government, use it for government savings or spending. And again, uh, I mean, she she admits in this article uh, in the ADN that the permanent fund was a factor of her putting out this $532 million to the oil companies all in one fair swoop. She says, um, you know, uh, she, she just says there was another camp that I feel wanted to take this money off the table. And so she took it instead, and that's just that's just frustrating, I guess is the word you used, and that that is uh, that's enough to make my head spin. So, um, all right, well, hold well, the line, line two. Yeah, hold the line, Kevin. We're coming back up to it. Hour two, dead ahead. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Like and share this video. Let's get more Alaskans involved. Don't go anywhere. We'll continue with more here in just a hot second. in its holster we haven't gone anywhere i don't understand check out the michaeldukeshow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast welcome to the party pal the, the michael dukes show the greed and the entitlement is astounding to me what more could you want from a low-budget radio program this is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. 
The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Across the world on the interwebs at MichaelDukesShow.com. That's where you find us every day on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch TV as well. Also, of course, the podcasts are available every day after the show airs. You'll find those on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iTunes, uh, CastBox, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and, of course, Spotify as well. Welcome back to the program, Hour 2. We're joined now by a guest, a special guest, surprise guest. Uh, Representative Kevin McCabe is coming on board to talk with us about HB 167, which is gold and silver is tender. Uh, we're going to get some details from him on that, as well as take your phone calls, uh, do some headlines, and more for the remainder of the show today. Let's go over to the uh, phones, though, here, first things first, and talk with Representative Kevin McCabe. Good morning, my friend. How are you? Good morning, Michael. I'm doing well. How are you? You know, not too bad. Not too bad. We were just talking about some of the crazy stuff that's going on down in Juneau, including the, uh, I guess, the budget's going to be out today. So that'll be one of the first things I'm sure we can have you back on later this week to talk about it since it's there in the House. But let's let's talk first about your bill. I hadn't heard anything about it until somebody mentioned it in the chat room this morning. Um, And it is HB 167. You want to share some details with us on this? Sure. Well, this was a bill I put in uh, last year. I put in two bills, the Herald's favorite bill, the license plate bill, and then HB 167 as well. Um, and uh, actually, I put in three, but there's another bill that's a snow track bill that's kind of hanging out there. But this HB 167 is a uh, a bill that would make, uh, would allow gold and silver to be legal tender in the state. As you know, our constitution uh, prevents the states from coining their own money, except for gold and silver. So under Section 10, Article 1 of the Constitution and the Tenth Amendment, uh, gold and silver can now be legal tender for the payment of a debt in in the state of Alaska, or if this bill passes, it will. And it, it, this would secure the rights of citizens in Alaska under the Ninth and Tenth Amendments uh, to tender gold and silver in the payment of debt should the merchant or payee agree to accept it. And basically what that does is it, right now gold and silver could be taxed if you were to buy a gold coin or a silver coin right. in a taxable borough, it, it could be taxed. Um, this just removes that tax if you're using it for legal tender. So there's a, a little... It's called specie, which means it has gold in it, and these are called actually goldbacks, and they're just like uh, just like dollar bills, except they have a little bit of gold in them, one one thousandth of an ounce. Uh, and it, I think there are four states right now that are producing them, and they, they've sort of become a collector's item, and and um, oh, I don't know, you can uh, stash them rather than stashing dollar bills because they are. I'm sorry, rather than stashing gold coins because they actually have gold in them. So Right. Anyway, so this bill would bring Alaska into full compliance with the state constitution and uh, the policies and procedures of the state with respect to the use of gold and silver and specie, which is what I just mentioned, as legal tender in the payment of debt. So, I don't know, you know, many people don't like banks. Many people keep dollars, dollar bills on hand and right now if you're following the inflation rate inflation is actually the 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 value of the dollar bill has gone down about 30% in the last two ish 
little over two years. Um, even though the inflation rate they say is 7%, it's closer, it's much higher than that actually. So your spending power with the dollar bill, if you're keeping dollar bills on hand, has gone way down where if you were keeping these, it would track with gold. Right, which uh, has been, which has gone, which is, backs. yeah, which has gone up commensurately with the with the devaluation of the dollar. Um, you know, it's inter- right. it's interesting that you bring this this bill up. I had a conversation. Um, well, it must have been fifteen years ago, I guess, with uh, then a gubernatorial candidate Sean Parnell, uh, and it was actually a conversation off the air uh, as we were exiting the studio after he'd been on the air for a while. And I said, I'd really like, you know, I said, I, I said, this may seem like an odd request, but I would really like the government to look into, um, you know, uh, uh, a state coin or, you know, some kind of uh, uh, monetary uh, usage for silver and gold in the state of Alaska. I think that that would make sense as a hedge against anything potentially going on with the U.S. dollar. And boy, he looked at me like I had grown a second head out of my shoulder uh, at the time, like I was some kind of crazy conspiracy theorist, but this is something that's happened in you know in countries and communities for years where they've tried to hedge against the overspending and the inflationary measures that have gone on in different nations. This is the one way to help prevent uh, you know being caught in that trap, and uh, and it is a legal, authorized, constitutional way for us to be able to protect ourselves. And I and I think that it is about time that we came up uh, you know came onto this. Yeah, so I agree, Uh, and that's exactly why I put it in. But as I moved forward with this, there were some other very interesting um, facets of it that came to light, one of them being that the the state of Alaska could now manufacture this money, and it could be, let's say, the Artist Guild wanted to have a contest and and do uh, how the paintings were going to be. Maybe on the face of the money, we could do Denali, or we could do a, a number of different, uh, the Iditarod maybe, uh, you know, the Jeff Schultz thing. And you could actually sell these as tourists, uh, as tourists, uh, I don't know <laughs> what you'd call them, but products. So uh, if you look at May, uh, New Hampshire, Utah, and Nevada have all done what they call goldbacks, and they right. all have these beautiful artist renderings on them, and they all sell them as, as sort of souvenirs. Now, if... If they were sold as a souvenir, they could still be taxed. But if they were used as legal tender under this bill, they can't be. They can't be taxed. Right. So. Well, anyways, all 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 sorts of interesting facets in this thing as I move through it. So. Right. What's the What's the reaction been so far uh, from uh, uh, from your uh, fellows there in the House? It's obviously going to community and regional affairs, but what? Uh, What's the what's the the viability of passage and I mean are you getting pushback what what's uh, what's the reaction to it so far? You know, initially I got a little pushback wanting to know about the tax. So uh, the speaker actually was concerned about the tax on them if they were sold as a uh, you know as a souvenir, and I fixed that. We fixed that in the bill. So um, it, well, I have right now one, two, three, four, five, six, seven co-sponsors. Uh, the Senate's very interested in it. Senator Revac was, uh, he actually came to my office and said, hey, I see this. This is really interesting to me. Uh, I have some examples of the Goldbacks bills in my office that, you know, that I can show to everybody. And um, it's, uh, the, the, 
reaction, especially from those uh, representatives in, in gold mining districts, has been very positive. So hopefully I can get this through before the end of the year. We'll see. Well, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, apparently nobody wants to talk about a full PFD or anything else, so this is what we're relegated to, right? I mean, at this point, because <laughs> nobody wants to talk about a full PFD, so let's talk about uh, gold as legal tender and everything else. Uh, I mean, this is this is the world we're living in right now, Kevin. Right. Well, I understand that. I think you'll hear several of us, many of us, if not most of the minority at least, talking about a full PFD here in the next couple of days, but um, certainly, uh, the timing of when they allowed this bill to come out of CRA is an interesting um, facet of this as well. So, and 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 why and, and explain to me that why is this the interesting time? Simply because it's going on while the full budget is about to be discussed, or right? Oh, of course, you know that's there, there's a certain strategy to that. We talked about the. I think last year we were talking about using time compression as a weapon. This is another strategy. So um, put the minority bills into the committees and hear them in committees when uh, during budget talks, you know, kind of to keep the minority busy. It's, right. it's a strategy. I, you know, it's no, nobody's complaining about it. It's just a strategy. It just is what it is. So. So now you just have to make sure that your focus is split so that you can focus on your bill, but at the same time still be paying attention to what's happening on the House floor for the uh, for the overall budget bill now that it's come out of committee. Absolutely, and that's where staff, great staff comes in, and the minority has great staffers. Our team is amazing, so um, I think we'll be able to accomplish that without a problem. Um, you want to talk briefly here? we got about four and a half minutes here. Um, the budget has uh, is coming out. We've already seen a sneak peek. The ADN had a lay down here on what was coming out of committee right now, uh, including a finance committee voted last week to spend $532 million paying off the outstanding oil and gas tax credits, um, which uh, have been paid down every year at the statutory amount. There's no, there's no arguing that we owe this to the oil and gas industry, there's, I mean, nobody is nobody is debating that. That is it. But there is a statutory mechanism that says that you know we can we can pay at X amount, a minimum amount. It's like seventy or eighty million dollars a year. Uh, and Sarah Rasmussen has uh, had argued and put the amendment in to pay it all at once. Now you add that to the one point two billion dollars that they're reserving and wanting to use for forward funding of schools. Um, and some other things as well. And all of a sudden, you've got a $7 billion budget with nothing in it for the PFD or any kind of capital projects as well. And uh, that's got some people, I mean, my, I'm scratching my head. What, you know, they wanted to save it. They wanted to do this. They wanted to do that. Basically, it seems like they want to take all this money and instead of putting it in private hands where it turns in the economy and has a multiplier effect, they want to instead. Uh, use it all on government spend and uh, and wash their hands of it. Yeah, it's it, it, isn't it amazing how fast those little uh, and, I, and I say little sort of facetiously how they how they add up. You know, fifty million dollar bonus on top of the BSA, uh, the oil tax credits. Every part of it adds up, and I think it's emblematic of the problem we have when you're dealing with such a huge number of inputs and programs and everything else that 
you can't really focus on the totalitarian. You focus on the trees, and then eventually you stand back, and the forest is huge, and you say, holy cow, what have I done, or what have we done? Right, right, because uh, we know, weren't paying attention. Individuals on the floor to start trimming away at those, if you will. Right, because on top of the $1.2 billion in forward funding and the BSA, they're going to give the schools a one-time bonus of uh, – uh, fifty-seven million dollars. They're giving more money to the University of Alaska, and of course, they're going to give out these energy relief checks, which anybody who's anybody will tell you has nothing to do with a PFD. It's not a PFD. It's an energy relief check. It's totally separate. It has nothing to do. Do not even think of this as a PFD. This is again more kind of smoke and mirrors to uh, you know to give you some more money without in basically uh, you know enchaining themselves to a future PFD cost. Right. Well, they, you know, it's an energy, it's energy relief because they didn't want to call it the last half of last year's PFD because that would have given the governor a win, and of course, we don't want the governor to have a win. So, right. No, exactly. Well, Kevin, final thoughts here before I let you go on what's happening today, tomorrow, the the budget, and everything else. What are your final thoughts, and what can people do to to help? Well, certainly you can make your wishes known uh, with the with the PFD. It's just as important, regardless of what Representative Josephson says about the uh, unheard masses. Uh, it's uh, important that you call call your representative, make your uh, wishes known on the PFD, especially from Fairbanks. Uh, it's so important. The representatives up there believe that they know better than you do, and that the uh, the PFD is not as important to you as you think it is. They think it would be better off being spent on the on the university um, and make your wishes known with the, as far as the budget if you think that what we're doing is wrong if you think the oil tax credit the idea that uh, Rep Rasmussen put out or the 57 million dollar BSA um, bonus school bonus is is wrong then you need to make your wishes known and I know that everybody's fatigued I know you're tired of talking about it but I tell you there is nothing more important than than talking to your representative. I, I can talk to them, but at the end of the day, they work for you. So um, it's important that you uh, important that you call. Absolutely. And we look forward to seeing more of the minorities starting to talk about the full PFD now that we're into the actual budget and into the amendment process. We hope to see some amendments uh, for paying that full PFD as well. I mean, let's get some of these people on record um, as to where they actually stand on whether or not that that is actually the people's money. Uh, I mean, I look I look forward to seeing some of those amendments coming out, and I'm assuming you guys are working on some of that stuff. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the frustrating thing about all this is, in my opinion, the PFD should never be used inside of budget talks like with the oil tax credits or mixed in with taxes or anything else. The PFD is separate. It's on the left side of the equation. It gets paid to the people first. It shouldn't even be a consideration. Yeah. What should be a consideration is revenue versus spending, and that's on the other side of the equation. Yeah. No, I agree. Absolutely. All right, Kevin McCabe, thank you so much, my friend, for coming on board. We appreciate it. We look forward to uh, seeing what comes out the next couple of days, and we will uh, we'll revisit with you uh, once we get that uh, once we get that figured out. Okay, Michael, I appreciate that. And I'm very interested on comments on that gold and silver bill. So send me an email. All right. Thank you so much for coming out. I appreciate that. And we will uh, we'll get more people involved in that as well. Hopefully more folks will show up 
or comment on the gold and silver bill. That's HB 167, which is now uh, going to be in front of Community and Regional Affairs this morning. All right, uh, folks, we are out of time for this segment. We got more coming up. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. We'll return with more right after this. Regularly heard on American radio. All right, we're in the break right now, um, and we are continuing. Ren says, sure, pay obligations to oil companies, but left Alaskans to wither on the vine. I mean, we were already paying those obligations to the oil companies. We were paying them on a yearly basis at the statutory minimum, which is what they agreed to. When they decided to do that, now we had been paying them all in big lump sums well beyond what the statutory minimum was. But when things got tough, we started pulling back on that and paying just the minimum as they agreed to. That was in the fine print. And uh, so, yeah, so, I mean, this idea that somehow we should take this $532 million and just cash it out and do that and get it all over and done with – there are other things that can be done with that money. We could continue to pay the 70 or $80 million a year minimum that goes towards that. And in five or six years, it would be all paid off. But instead, we're going to take all this money, this windfall, and throw it out there, use it on the government spend instead of allowing people to, uh, you know, allow, get, allowing it to get into the private economy. Uh, or, I mean, I guess even putting it in savings would be the other option to start to repay the CBR. Uh, but here we here we go. Here's here's where we're at. Um, Hoffman told senators that a fifteen hundred dollar PFD was too much, controlled by outside interests. I mean, I remember when Josh Reback said, "Could you imagine having a ten thousand dollar PFD? That would be so wrong." I mean, uh, like what? I mean, what? You you understand that if we had a ten thousand dollar PFD, it would mean that the government was had a commensurate take on the other side, right? That they also were seeing a rising tide floats all boats. That's what we were talking about. I mean, it is just crazy. Um, I hope we get a f- good PFD this year. My fuel bill doubled since last year, says Chris. Well, I mean, what they're proposing right now, what the legislature in the House is proposing right now, is a $1,250 PFD and a $1,300 energy Payment, energy re whatever they're calling it. What are they calling it now? Energy relief check. Thirteen hundred dollar energy relief check, which would put about twenty five hundred dollars into each Alaskan's pocket at this point, which is still well over a thousand dollars less than what we should be getting as per the uh, statutory PFD. Hashtag follow the damn law. I mean, that's that's what's going on. And you got people like Rasmussen making these proposals, you know, quite honestly, stupid proposals. And you got people like Rasmussen and Merrick who are causing, you know, they're the ones that have basically took the power out of the majority in this situation. 
Uh, if if they had not, and if they had stuck with the uh, with the Republicans and created a Republican majority, we would still be facing challenges because we've got Bert Stedman and Natasha von Imhoff and company in the uh, Senate Finance Committee. But it would have been a lot easier road to hoe than what we have right now. And that is, I mean, just crazy. Um, let's see what else we got going on here. Robbie saying something about tampering with a grand jury. Skidmore and Chenault and no little roach. I don't know what you're talking about there, Robbie. Um, you you have to be you have to be a little clear. Uh, the uh, I don't get the esoteric comments sometimes. Um, watching these committees is like reading the ADN, CNN, and MSNBC. It's so disgusting, says Christine. Don't grow weary in well-doing, Christine. I know it's frustrating. I know it's heartbreaking. I know it's disheartening. I know it's all those things and more. But don't grow weary in well-doing. All right. Um, let's see. What do we got? We got uh, one, two, three, four. Got eight shares. Eight shares this morning. 66 people in the chat room. There's a lot of lurkers in there. You're lurking in the background. Feel free to, uh, you know, feel free to uh, share the show, to like the show. There's 66 of you. If half of you shared the show, it would be a hell of a day, wouldn't it? Feel free to get it done. All right, we're jumping back into it. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Welcome back to the program. Continuing now, it is the Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so, you know, like I said, I was talking about earlier last week. I said, if my, you know, if, if I was a, if I had a gal, if I had a house that was uh, like a Game of Thrones, the House of Dukes. Lord of the morning, the whole thing and the deal and the the great north and the uh it, my my motto would probably be, you know, ready for anything or prepare for the worst and hope for the best. That would be my house motto. Uh because I like to do that. I like to think about preparing for the worst and hoping for the best. Making sure that all my surprises are happy ones. And it's one of the reasons why I purchased a bivy stick. Now, the bivy stick is a small portable device. It's about half the size of your cell phone. And you connect it to your cell phone via Bluetooth, and you download the app from the App Store when you're out among civilization. And once you do that, it makes your cell phone, it turns your cell phone into a satellite communications device, meaning you can send text messages via satellite. You can send emails via satellite. You can uh, send lo- your location, your pins on a map of where you are via satellite. It, meaning anywhere that you are, regardless of whether you've got cell phone reception, as long as you have the bivy stick with you, you can connect with the world. Um, and that's a pretty darn cool thing. 
uh, being able to talk and, and, and be in contact with people no matter where you go. Because, again, preparing for the worst and hoping for the best, meaning, you know, if you get, I mean, we just had this huge avalanche up in uh, up in Highland. Now, luckily, in Eagle River, luckily, nobody was hurt and no homes were lost or buried or whatever. But, you know, if, if you were cut off from being able to contact people through a situation like that or an earthquake or a tsunami or, you know, zombie apocalypse, whatever it is, it sure would be nice to let your... Uh, uh, to let your folks know exactly, let your folks know exactly where you are, and that's the beauty of the bivy stick. It you can let people know where you are. It's got a little button on it for check in, like you can push it, and it sends a preset you know message that says, "Hey, I'm okay, and here's where my location is." And it's got another button on it, a little red button under a flap. You pull it up and you push it, and it says, "Help me! I've fallen and I can't get up, and I need help." And here's where my location is. Or you could just set it to arbitrarily drop your location every 10 minutes, 8 minutes, 5 minutes, 2 minutes, however often you want to do it. So if you're traveling, if you're snow machining up in the mountains outside of Cantwell or out by Summit or you're rafting or something way up the Yukon or you've gone out uh, on the ocean to wherever Hitchinbrook or you know wherever it is you're going, if you need to, you can tell people exactly where you are. You can keep in contact. Plus, Pivotel is or uh, uh, Bivy is always rolling out new features. Uh, they've got a new one coming up uh, uh, that I want to talk about here in the near future called Group Track. We're going to give you some details on that. But this thing is amazing, and it's only hundred and ninety nine dollars. And they've got a variety of plans. There's no activation fees. Uh, they got plans starting as low as fourteen bucks a month for what I like to call the safety plan. Which means, you know, it's got a limited number of credits. And if you don't use those credits, they roll over into the next month. So you can use them next month and next month and next month. I mean, I bought my wife one of these so that, you know, she can throw it in her glove box and have it and be ready just in case, just in case she may need it. And again, five days worth of battery life, pings down to two minutes apart at no extra charge. You can ignore cellular congestion. It doesn't matter if the towers go down because as long as you can see the sky, your bivy stick is still up and rolling. Oh, plus you can get uh, weather forecasts, regular forecast, aviation forecast, marine forecast, all different weather forecasts and the mapping and everything else. It doesn't matter. Whatever you're doing, if you're a hunter or a fisherman or a truck driver or a doctor, snow machiner, ATVer, rafter, boater, floater, Avon lady, soccer mom, whatever it is that you are, you need a bivy stick. Again, only $199. B-I-V-Y, bivy stick. You can find them at SatelliteWest.com or you can go to one of the local dealers, including uh, South Central Radar on the Spit down in Homer, Radar Alaska in Kodiak, Lundy Marine Electronics in Dutch Harbor, Safe and Sound in Soldotna, Anchorage, or Wasilla, Communications North in Seward, or Arctic Fire and Safety in Homer. So there you go. That's uh, that's what you need to do. And special thank you to Bivy for sponsoring the program. All right. Um, what else we got going on here? We just finished up with Kevin McCabe, who came on board to talk about his new bill for gold and silver tender. Uh, we could continue to talk about that, or we could talk a little bit here. Um, let's see. What else did I want to talk about here? Okay. Yep. So I got this and I got that. 
Uh, phone lines are open all the way, uh, by the way, as well at uh, 907-433-3150. The Pivotel call in line, powered by our friends at Pivotel Satellite and Satellite West. So a couple different uh, things uh, that are going on. One that we were talking about before we went to the break here at the top of the hour was all the people who were showing up for the new congressional seat that is now open after the death of Don Young. Um, here are just a few of the names that are being floated around there. Um, you've got Governor Sarah Palin, former Governor Sarah Palin. She's been she's been teasing it a couple times. Anchorage Democratic Rep. Chris Tuck, Native Leader Tara Sweeney, gardening writer and attorney uh, for the ADN, Jeffrey Lowenfels. He's a gardening writer for the ADN, not an attorney, but he happens to also be, you know what I mean. Independent Al Gross, along with Republican Senator Josh Revac. In addition to that, we're hearing that uh, Andrew Halcrow <laughs> may be interested in throwing his hat into the ring as well. And, of course, uh, Nick Begich III and Chris Constant are both also uh, running for the— I mean, this thing is—this is, is going to be a crowded field. This is going to be a real crowded field. Uh, all of these people have been publicly uh, floating the idea that they are considering it. Jeff Landfield at the Alaska Landmine has reported that, in fact, Revac is not just considering it, he's actively going at it, but he's playing coy right now. Uh, that he's going to be, uh, you know, jumping in there to uh, to win it. But it looks like there are a lot of... Um, a lot of Republicans who are throwing their name in the hat uh, on this. Uh uh, David Eastman uh, and Laura Reinbold were both uh, uh, reached out to by the paper and uh, and asked if they were going to join. Republican uh, Eastman said uh, uh, that uh, he hasn't endorsed a candidate for U.S. House but didn't respond when he was asked if he was considering a run himself. Reinbold didn't uh, respond either. But you can just see this is going to be a huge, huge uh, change. One of the interesting quotes. Um, one of the interesting quotes at the end is uh, from Lindsey Kavanaugh, who's the executive director of the Alaska Democrats. She said her party is going to be working to educate Alaskans about the state's new voting systems, particularly ranked choice voting, including that residents don't have to rank all four candidates in the general election ballot. So you could see here that what they're going to do is they're going to pick, oh, choose these two and don't don't choose the last two. They don't want any Republicans getting any chance at the end uh, for some of their if, – if none of their Democrats make it to the second or third or fourth round, they want to make sure that the, your vote doesn't go towards any of those Republicans if you're a Democrat, which kind of a – kind of a uh, – uh, an interesting um, – an interesting take on what's going on. Oh yeah, Chris By, by the way. Christopher By also going to be running for the special election as well. So we got the libertarians in there as well. Whew, man, it's a hot mess. It's gonna be a hot, steamy mess when it's all said. And again, we still haven't seen any further education from the state of Alaska on how this is all going to be. Remember, we're going to have a special primary a special jungle primary in june and then the regular primary in august on exactly the same day and they're saying exactly the same ballot 
as the special general election. Which just, I mean, I just, I don't even know what to say to that. With no, at this point, no education as to exactly what's going to happen with that. All right, let's uh, let's take a couple calls here, or one call, I guess, before we go to break. We'll go over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Michael. This is Ron in North Pole. Good morning, Ron. Uh, since you brought up Will Smith at the beginning of your show today, I just wanted to point out something to uh, other list other listeners. Uh, and this happened about two years ago when I first discovered it. But uh, I would suggest that anyone who's a uh, gun owner or firearm enthusiast uh, simply Google Will Smith on gun safety. Really? Because uh, he has a video. Uh, it's absolutely astounding. Uh, it's during a prop session. And uh, he gi- he gives the crew a lesson. It's only about 20 seconds long, but it's worth your watching. Okay, I'll have to take a look at that. I hadn't heard that. Will Smith on gun safety. All right. All right. Bye. Thanks, Ron. I appreciate the call. Uh, let's uh, go over here. We got one more call before we go to break. Good morning. Who's this? Sandra from Fairbanks. Hello, Sandra. What's on your mind? So I am a huge Palin fan until she endorsed Walker. If she seriously gets into the race, should I forgive her and give her a chance? To me, she betrayed the conservatives by not endorsing Parnell, that she backed Walker. Um, Well, that's a good question. Um, The... I guess I guess that's something you're going to have to decide, Sandra. I mean, I endorsed Walker in that same race. Uh, to my great chagrin, later on it turned out um, I thought that uh, I thought that he was going to you know hold to some of the things that we that I had discussed with him early on, and he didn't, um, which uh, was obviously very disappointing for me. So I guess I would be in the same boat with Sarah Palin. Do you forgive me for endorsing Walker at that point? Yeah, but um, mainly because you're not running, you know, <laughs> for anything. And, you know, I, I love, you know, your talk and, and, you know, I mean, I would have to think about it if you were actually running for something, but, you yeah. know, you're not in the public office, so right. you're entitled to your, you know, your own opinion. Well, yeah, but I mean, I'm, but, I guess I could say I'm an opinion maker or I'm an, you know, I, I sway opinion one way or the other. And I was a pretty stern advocate for Walker at the time because I thought that he was going to make some differences. And, of course, it turned out that he got subsumed by the Democratic Party and and uh, a lot of things turned out poorly. And, and it's probably one of my greatest, I guess I should say my greatest shames um, uh, that, that I did that, that I supported Walker in the end. Uh, not that I was a huge fan of Parnell. But I supported Walker in the end because I thought he right. was going to bring about some change. Well, he brought about change, just not the change I was expecting. So, I mean, yeah. we, we I guess it just it, I guess it just shows Sandra that we can all be fooled, we can all make mistakes, right. and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I would say that yeah, I think you should look at it from that perspective that we can all make mistakes, and uh, you know, what do we do from there? Yeah, I just I, I guess she just did it more publicly. 
than you did. Well, she had a lot more. Yeah. She had a lot more horsepower than I. <laughs> she has a lot more horsepower than I had. You know, so that's what it is. Uh, and you know, Walker was saying all the right things. That was the thing. Walker was talking the talk and saying all the right things. And it just, I think she got jumped. There's several people in the chat room who've said that that he bamboozled them as well. So you know, it it does happen. Okay. So it, it you know. I would say forgive and forget. Let's move on. That's been uh, eight years ago now. Okay. You know, uh, I mean, I would hope you would forgive me, and I would hope that Sarah would get a little bit of that forgiveness as well. So, all right. Th- okay. Well, th- as long as we get a good Republican, re- replace him. Well, that's all we can hope for at this point. Uh, and I don't know if that's an oxymoron, good Republican. I just don't know if that's an oxymoron or not anymore. Uh, but, Sandra, thank you so much for your call. We appreciate you uh, calling in this morning. All right, folks. We got one final segment coming up. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, something. What was I going to talk about? I hate it when that happens. I got the old man brain. I forgot. Oh, we're going to talk about the budget. That's what we're going to talk about. There we go. Rank the red. That's the that's the strategy for the rank choice voting. Rank the red. Got to go. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't think I was the only one that got bamboozled by Walker. Although, I probably should have known better. Probably should have known better. Susie says, Sarah just loves to be in front of the camera. I don't think she's going to run, but we will see. Uh, again, if I was a betting man, Susie, I would say that you are probably correct. Um. I don't think Sarah has been a serious political contender for 10 years. I I think that's I think that's pretty much I think she courts things like this to, you know, get the the name recognition back up and to uh you know, to get things. I just I don't think that she's serious about it. Um and so I would agree that I do not think um I do not think she's going to come down. Uh, Dwayne agrees. He says, I doubt she would get in after what politics has done to her family. I would think she would take the money she has acquired and enjoy her days. If it was me, that would probably be. But again, I'm, I, you know, I'm happy to sit out in quiet days of contemplation and study and reading and scholarship and enjoying time with my family and movies and hanging out. That to me is my idea of paradise. Running for office and being a politician, definitely not my idea of paradise, for sure. Um, somebody said something here a second ago. We forgive you, and forgive me also, says Rick. Apparently Rick also got bamboozled. There's a lot of us that got bamboozled, you know? Uh, there's a lot of us that got bamboozled on that. Um. Parnell didn't veto the swimming pool in Bethel like the Republicans wanted him to, so more than a few of us donated to Walker, says Willie. Yeah, I mean, again, Walker was saying all the right things. He was talking the talk, but uh, definitely uh, not walking the walk in the long run. Uh, She's rich now. She's going to move on. Not even sure why we're talking about this. (laughs) Well, you know, it is what it is. Um. 
Uh, Sean says, instead of ranking the red, maybe give consideration to a party who didn't bring us $30 trillion in debt in 20 years of war. The old definition of insanity is doing the same thing repeatedly, says Sean Thorne, libertarian candidate. I agree, Sean. I mean, I was just saying what uh, what what uh, uh, what Kevin McCabe was bringing up is that's the Republican um, answer to the uh, ranked choice voting. I mean, ranked choice will give us some other candidates on the ballot. Now, the question is, will the... Uh, I mean, if the if the if the primary gets so full of Republican candidates, will there even be a libertarian or a Democrat on the ballot? That'll be the interesting one. I mean, depending on how many Republicans get in on the primary, will there even be a Democrat on the ballot? So. That's the that's the choice. Um. Walker did have the added benefit of running against Parnell, a very weak, ineffectual governor. True. That's also true as well. Um, Rusty says, I supported Walker strongly in 2013 and worked closely with him until I realized he would lie through his teeth to people at fairs and such. That's a that's a good thing. Palin is a quitter, and does she even live in AK? Well, that's the question. I thought she was living in Arizona now. I didn't think she was still I didn't think she st- still had Alaska as her residency. I think the quitter thing is unfounded. I'll be honest with you. Um I think the quitter thing is is an unfounded accusation. Uh I mean the fact that Andy McDowell and others were filing ethics complaints against the administration on a weekly basis and she was having to defend herself legally. I mean it was bleeding her family dry. I mean at some point when you can't even go to a public event like the opening of a Iditarod or the Iron Dog or anything else without getting an ethics complaint, doesn't mean that uh, you know doesn't mean that you're a quitter. It just means at some point you have to realize the futility of what you're doing and that it was becoming a huge distraction. The fact that she was uh, had been uh, you know running for vice president and everything else became just a huge distraction. So uh, it was uh, you know. I don't know. I, I think I think the whole quitter thing is uh, a little overblown, personally. Um, let's see. I will tell you, spent all weekend in the Matsu talking to people, and they are ready for something different. But even if it ended up being for Republicans, I still think ranked choice allows for some something else. Other parties will struggle to be even on the ballot because of the jungle primary. Rank choice voting is not in and of itself the biggest problem. It's a combination of rank of jungle primary and rank choice voting. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think people are ready for something different. Maybe, you know, maybe we'll be wrong about rank choice voting and jungle primary. I don't think so, but, you know, maybe it'll surprise us. Yeah, so it is what it is. Um. All right, we're eight seconds out. I guess it's time to jump back into it. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Let's do it. All right, 
Uh, welcome back. One final segment of the show this morning. Lots of discussion in the chat room during this last break. People really going off uh, about some stuff, talking about some of the choices, including Sarah Palin, uh, who I really, quite honestly, I don't think that I think that she's basically making the I think she's making the noise to make the noise. You know what I mean? She's uh, she's putting that stuff out there basically to uh, to keep her name in the news. Uh, I think she likes to be in the spotlight and the cameras, and she wants to see if she can parlay it maybe into something larger and bigger. I don't think I don't think that she would ever jump back into a political race. I, in fact, I think that she's been. I mean, my personal feeling is that she has been political kryptonite for the last ten years. Uh, that she still says things, things still happen, but that more than anything, um, you know, I, I think that she's. I think it's more about the at this point the celebrity than it is about the actual work of doing. You know, and and I don't know why she. I don't know why you wouldn't just wander off in the pucker brush with all your money that you made, and. Uh, and just relax and and live the quiet life with your family. I mean, to me, that would be the ideal. I mean, if you gave me five million bucks right now and says, "What do you want to do?" I'd be like, "Later." I mean, I'd probably still do the show because it's a labor of love, but everything else, I'd be like, "Later." I'm gonna go hang out with my family, do some more reading. I never have enough time to do all the reading that I want. Uh, I got a lot of stuff that I want to read about, a lot of stuff that I want to learn before I die, and that would be perfect for me. So I don't understand why people would, you know, would be interested in doing that. Um, but I think this is going to give us an opportunity. Now, I was just saying that, you know, I've, I've had arguments with lots of libertarians about the jungle primary and the ranked choice voting. Um, I mean, I'm starch, I'm staunchly against it, have been from the beginning, uh, mostly because it was such a wholesale change and it was done through the ballot measure. And I just I thought that, that was just the wrong way to do it. If you wanted to at least have a discussion about it. And bring it up through the legislature, that would have been one thing. Obviously, that that whole process is imperfect, to say the least. But, I mean, 36 pages of changes to the law through a ballot initiative. I guarantee you that there are probably not one in 100,000 people read that all 36 pages of the changes that were in there. I mean, I stopped at page like 24. I was like, I can't read any more of this. This is insane. Um, but I, I mean, I doubt that probably, you know, well, maybe one in 10,000 actually read the whole thing all the way through, but you know, there, there are arguments that the libertarians are making that this is the only way that you can get some of the, uh, not fringe candidates, but probably some of the hopefuls that would not normally make it through the normal two party dichotomy to be able to, to, to get their voices heard. So maybe, I don't know, maybe this will all turn out to be different and I will be wrong. And when it's all said and done, it was a great thing for us to have ranked choice voting in jungle primaries. I don't think so, but I guess we'll see. Proof will be in the pudding. Um, so anyway, that was what we were talking about. We were talking about all the different people that were going to run for the congressional seat. Um, and uh, it's it's crazy stuff. <laughs> Somebody just said, $5 million gets rid of you, huh? Where do I send the check? Oh, you sent me $5 million, my friend. That'll be great. Um, all right. I read I read ballot measure number two, said Susie. Did you read all 36 pages of it, Susie? I'm just curious. I mean, I had made my decision by about page 17. And by the time I got to page 24, I'm like, I don't have any time to read the rest of this because I'm already against it. I mean, that's the that's – the, uh, 
that's the that's the crazy part. Uh, all right, phone number 433-3150, the Pivotel call-in line. we got time for maybe one or two more calls before we run out of daylight this morning. If you'd like to sound off, now's the time to do it. I would love to hear what you guys have to say. The House has now, the House Finance Committee has now moved the bill. It's supposed to be coming up, and debates are supposed to be on the House floor today. For uh, all of the uh, for all of the budget for the entire house, the bill the budget is almost seven billion dollars. I mean that's up that's up f- from four point three billion to seven billion, but we still have no money for a PFD. We still have no money for capital projects or renovations or even maintenance, deferred maintenance. $7 billion. $1.2 billion is going to fund schools, forward fund schools for two years, plus some extra money, $57 million in one-time boost for schools, plus more money to the University of Alaska, plus, plus, plus. And $875 million as an energy relief check. And no, do not call it a secondary dividend. Do not even tie it in any way, shape, or form to a dividend. And of course, $532 million to pay outstanding oil and gas tax credits, which we have been paying. We had already been paying them at the statutory amount which was, I don't know, $70, $80 million a year. And we would have those paid off in about six years at that rate. But no, we're going to take it all now, and we're going to get it. We're just going to boom. We're just, we're just going to do it all now because I'm just sick of looking at it. I'm just sick sick of them, these clothes. No, I'm sorry. That was another one. That was that was Natasha. But I mean, that's exactly kind of what that's what she says. Uh, state law calls for Alaska to pay off certain fraction of the total outstanding credits each year. But Representative Sarah Rasmussen proposed paying them off early. We have the ability to pay off the obligation that the state made. She goes, uh, let's just do it. Oh, and by the way, there was another factor too: the permanent fund. She said there was another camp that I feel wanted to take money off the table, and that was the permanent fund. So she wanted to get to the money first. Oof. I mean, just oof. Well, somebody said. I guess it was Jim Holm last week that called into the program. He said it was a Chinese curse. I used to heard it was a Chinese proverb, but maybe it is a curse. May you live in interesting times. Maybe that is more of a curse than a proverb. Because by God, we sure are right now, aren't we? In every way, shape, or form, we are living in interesting times. And it may be more. But you know what? Today's going to be a good day. I just want you to sit down with yourselves and look at yourselves and and for a moment be quiet and just say to yourselves, today's going to be a good day. It is, my friends. Today is going to be great. Every day above ground is a good day. When you're on this side of the grass, you got nothing to complain about that matters. Be kind. Love one another. Live well. That is my mantra. 
You're going to have a great day, and you're going to be kind, and you're going to love one another. And tomorrow, tomorrow's going to be okay, too. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We will see you tomorrow, my friends. James says, seems paying more than the statutory minimum on the oil and gas credits is more important to some than even following the statute on the PFD. Yep. Hashtag follow all the damn laws, right? All right, my friends. Well, I had a great time today. Thank you for coming in and being part of it. With Have a good one. shed our terrestrial radio skin and now we are slimy lizard internet people it's the michael duke show